Yes Anyway podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. This is that place that we have those deep, amazing, awesome conversations from the heart where we talk about those things that we've really just had to say yes to in our lives. Even if it made no sense to anybody else, to ourselves, the world, culture, whatever, but we knew we had to follow it and it has created us into who we are. And so I hope that this episode is not just something that's inspiring, but something that you could take for your own life of how you can say yes to whatever that thing is in your own heart. This episode is so special to me. We actually had a special guest in my Dreams to Reality Mastermind uh, a little over a week ago, and she spoke to our, our gals and they got all up close, personal into her life. And we even had a Q&A at the very, very end, um, which is actually what's so special about having this mastermind is we get to have such special guests like her pop in, share the juicy stuff, and then we get to ask her the questions all up close. So what I thought would be super fun is to share part of the episode with you, part of this episode where... Sydney, we've been friends for years, and I've seen from where we've known each other to where she is now, and she's the real deal. So, um, and no joke, like what I have tried of hers, she's the founder of Toto Foods, and anyway, you'll get it all in the gist of it. I can't wait for you to listen, but please do, because she's a powerhouse, and then also go and try those cookies, but I'm so excited for you guys to listen. Here you go. Sydney and I, we met, I don't know, maybe four or so years ago at this place called the Good Workhouse. And she would always, she like shared her story. She had these cookies and cookie dough. And for every event, she would share them. And they were truly like the best cookies we all had ever had. And they were healthy for you. So no joke, like I, I didn't really eat cookies, but these ones I <laughs> ate like maybe like five or six, like I kept going back to eat more. And, <laughs> and then we just built this friendship and I loved her story and who she was. We were always in, a, in alignment and, um, and so much has happened like with her and her life as well as with her brand that I'm really excited for her to be here and share all things with you. So what we're going to do today is basically do almost like a podcast episode and I'm just, we're just going to have a conversation between her and I, and then we're going to learn a lot because she's been through a lot with, um, you know, health and well-being, which I know a lot of us have, as well as entrepreneurship and what that actually means and takes uh, being from somewhere into something else. And, uh, and then at the very end, we'll do a Q&A. So just take notes on maybe what you want to ask specific questions about because she's so generous to then, you know, share all of her goodness with us. So anyway, thanks, Sydney, for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So, so much goodness to share. So much goodness to share. Seriously. <laughs> well, can you share a little bit? Because uh, I don't think they know too, too much about your backstory, but one um, who you are, a little bit of your journey, and then we can go into more about what it looks like with where you're at today, but a little ah. bit of the backstory would be super awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hi ladies. I'm Sydney. Um, like Jess said, we've known each other for years. Um, and when I originally started my business, it was actually called something else. It is now called Toto. We're in my office right now. Um, but it used to be called Made By. And when it was Made By, it was me uh, in my one-bedroom apartment in Santa Monica making cookies by hand with a spoon and a bowl. I didn't even have enough money to afford a mixer at the time, but I was making it work. Um, and uh, thing, things have changed so much since then. But before even starting any company, um, about 12 years ago now, I was diagnosed with pretty severe Crohn's disease, which at the time, 12 years ago, Crohn's disease, IBS, IBD, was not even really a thing. Gut health was definitely not trending. Instagram didn't even exist to give you a little bit of reference. <laughs> um, holistic health. I mean, all of these things were really in their infancy. And so when I was first diagnosed at 16, I was put on so many medications that made my head spin. Um, I was on at the most intense time, about 20 types of medication a day. 
um, a combination of steroids and anti-inflammatory medications. And I felt, as you can probably imagine, extremely medicated. Um, and I was on that regimen for about three years. But throughout those three years, I just knew in my bones that there had to be a better way. I just knew that that wasn't living, being super fatigued all the time, being inflamed all the time. Um, I just didn't feel like myself. Prior to that, I was a competitive athlete and um, I played soccer and all of that kind of went down the drain when I got sick. And so I was always looking for something else. And when I was 19, I met the first holistic doctor that I ever worked with who ended up really opening my eyes and changing my life to what was possible through food as medicine. And so him and I worked together for a few months and working with him, we essentially revamped my entire diet, my entire lifestyle, incorporated movement, removed all kinds of inflammatory things that I was eating that my doctors had recommended to help me gain weight. Um, and I started reading food labels and I really started to learn what was in the food that we were eating, how it affected the way that we felt on a daily basis and how I could use it to benefit me and use it as medicine. And over the course of the time working together, I got off of all medication. I got in the best shape of my entire life and felt incredible. And I was so inspired by what was possible and really felt like I had taken agency back over my own life. Um, and then a couple of years later, I had transferred into USC as a junior and my very first semester there, all of my Crohn's symptoms kind of started to come back. And at the time I thought it was stress related because joining a new school with a bunch of new people was, a it, it was a lot. I joined a sorority and kind of did the whole thing all at one time. And I went to the doctor to see what was going on. They ran a few tests and the results came back that I had early stage colon cancer, which there's never a good time for a diagnosis like that. But I will say I was so grateful for my experience with Crohn's because I think it opened my eyes to various types of healing modalities that I don't, I don't even think I would have been aware of had I not gone through that. And so when I was diagnosed, I had a three month period between starting any sort of anything, whether it was going to be chemo, radiation, surgery, et cetera. Um, and so during that time, very same night, I went home and I was researching anything and everything I could do to support myself during that time. I was very lucky in that I caught it when it was essentially just becoming stage one. So I caught it very early um, and I started to read about various types of diets that could really help support people during something that serious. Um, I found a lot of research on going vegan and how it could also help, you know, to help inflammation within the body reduce and support the body healing during that time. And so I decided to go completely vegan. And um, the same week I was diagnosed, I met a woman at a wellness convention who um, had just released this book called The Earth Diet, which is essentially all about her experience healing lymphatic cancer through going plant-based and taking something called adaptogens, which is, if you guys aren't familiar with the term, it is essentially a class of superfoods that is known to help regulate stress within the body and bring us back to a level of homeostasis, which we're never really in because life um, and so I was fascinated by her and her story. And so I went home that same night, researched a ton about adaptogens and found so much validity behind them. And so for the next three months, I essentially did another big overhaul on my life. I went totally vegan. I started taking adaptogens every single day in every single thing I ate and drank. And I started again, moving my body. I also incorporated meditation. I also incorporated random acts of kindness every single day to really put my mind, body, and spirit in this place of healing and feeling good. Um, and three months later, I went back to the doctor to essentially see the status of things and what any sort of treatment was going to look like. And after taking another sample of the uh, polyp in my colon, the results came back that I was completely cancer-free. And so after that experience, yeah, after that experience, I was so moved yet again by food as medicine. And I really 
knew that I had to get the word out there. And so I actually initially thought I was going to start a blog all about food and adaptogens and why it's so important. But I quickly realized that the only people that would find it would be people that cared. And I thought the population for that wasn't that big yet. Um, and so I thought of my parents because they are not exactly the healthy, superfood seeking types of people. And I wanted them to be able to really absorb this message and implement it in their lives. And so um, I had the idea to start hiding adaptogens and the things that we were already eating, similar to how you would hide like a pill in a hot dog. If you're trying to give it to your dog, they think it's a treat, but you know what it's really doing for them. And so we were a big Toll House family. Every single night we would have Toll House cookies after dinner for dessert. And so I had this idea that if I could somehow change the vehicle and make it healthy and nourishing and made of all these superfoods I was eating and then infuse it with these adaptogens that they would essentially be able to get all of these benefits. And I I would know that it's doing so much good for them and they would be able to enjoy a delicious cookie. Um, and that was really where the birth of everything started. Um, I was not a baker at the time, but I spent about a year, my senior year of college, just recipe testing like a crazy person in my parents' kitchen and eventually landed on the first recipes that became made by Slash Toto. Wow. Oh my gosh, you guys, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I think I literally got like the chills probably four times. And, <laughs> and I don't know if I've like heard the whole thing through like in that way also. Like I think it's always been in like these little pieces. Mm -hmm. So just to hear also the journey like that and how it's, even when you think about, oh my gosh, like you, you had this place in your own life. You really, okay, actually I have this question. Why do you think it really mattered to you to get well, because, you know, a lot of people just almost, it's like, okay, I've Crohn's, So I just, I deal with it. That's what my life looks like. Or, oh my gosh, I have cancer. So I'm just, you know, going to go through with like the chemo or it's, it's like there, there must've been something inside of you that, you know, really kept you fueled and going and getting into the place that you got to with adaptogens and all the things that at the time wasn't really a thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's funny, and I'm sure all of the women here would probably agree that there's certain things that you can't really, you, that don't exactly make sense logically, but they make sense in your heart. Um, and I think for me, I had such a deep belief that I was meant to do something really meaningful in the world. And at the time, I had no idea that I would end up within the world of food. And I think this is kind of just like one, one stone on, on the path to so many more things. But um, I think that I had such a deep belief that I wanted to serve other people. Um, I've always kind of been of that mindset and of that heart. And I felt like I would be doing myself and the world a disservice if I didn't do that. Um, and I think at the time, you know, I didn't really have too many people to look to. And I think there's been so many things in my life, chronic illness aside, you know, growing up and all kinds of other types of traumas that I think I've been through that I always thought in the back of my mind, if I get through this, then I can show someone else how to get through this. And I think that was always a really empowering thought for me. I love that. I feel like, yeah, I've been through a lot of similar things where it's, it's almost that you have to get out of like your own, it's about me and look outwards of like, okay, how is this story going to impact this person or this person I care about or this thing? Because otherwise when it is you, of course you feel helpless, you know, like you have nobody, like you said, to turn to, if you make it about you, it's like, yeah, it's probably gonna be really freaking hard. But if you have this bigger mission there, and that's what I think I love and what, um, you know, anybody that has something like you say in your heart that you're, you just know, okay, I need to do this thing. It's like, look outwards, look at maybe who is it that you're going to impact? Who is it that you can help? Like, who's your, the people that you love the most in your life that you're going to stand the test of time with and do it with, or who knows. But, um, so then, well, would you say that there were probably a few things that, helped you. I know you brought up a few, you know, like 
you started working out again, you started doing the adaptogens, but what were some really big things that maybe even now, like you even do today or some big practices in your own life that keep you grounded to keep going, even when those challenges still come? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's also important to mention that I, I'm, I don't think, you know, Crohn's is a chronic illness. It's not ever fully healed. And so I think I am always going to be on this path of healing and finding new things that work for me. I'm actually in a, I'm working with another team of specialists now to kind of overhaul where my body's at now. Um, and kind of set myself forward on a path to finding like, again, another better level of health, because I'm definitely still experiencing some symptoms in, in various times of my life. Typically it's ones that I'm most stressed, but I think that the things that continue to keep me grounded, um, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think having an incredibly strong grasp around your why is like the most important thing through all of it. Because I think if you don't have that, then it's so many, there's, it's just so easy for all of the other pieces to come crumbling down. But when you have a really strong foundation, um, you know, if you're having a hard day or you're stressed or you're just like, I can't do this anymore. It's the one thing that you can remember at the end of the day that like really keeps you going. But I think on a practical level, the things that I like eat, sleep, breathe, and swear by. Um, I still have an extremely clean diet. What that looks like for me is primarily fruits, vegetables, some like meat, but usually typically pretty minimal. Um, and I am pretty intense about reading labels and the things that I put in my body because I feel it if I'm not eating extremely clean. I think that it gives me so much energy when I'm eating that way. Um, and so doing that allows me to feel like I'm able to operate at my best. Um, I also think something that's been extremely powerful for me is spending at least, it's usually 30 minutes to an hour every single morning doing gratitude journaling. I have the five minute journal here, but you can use anything. Um, that's just been super easy for me to like have a prompt for myself in the morning. But I think putting yourself in a mindset at the very beginning of the day of gratitude, of joy, of love is so important because there are so many other thoughts and things that come into our life in a given day. And if we don't take the time to really set the tone for ourselves at the beginning of the day, I think it's really easy for life to hijack, you know, our time and our mood and energy, et cetera. Um, I actually heard a quote the other day, I was listening to a Jay Shetty podcast, and they were talking about how your thoughts dictate the way that you feel, and essentially dictate your life. And they were saying, you know, if we can control our thoughts, then we can control our life. But we have so many thoughts in a given day that it's so hard to think that we can control every single one. But if we can control our first thought of the day, and our last thought of the day, we're able to essentially have a lot more control over what happens within the middle. And I think that's been so true for me that like making sure that the mornings for me are extremely intentional and the nights for me are also extremely intentional kind of helps the stuff in the middle to make a little bit more sense. That's so good. Yeah. You touched on a lot of good points there where actually we work on a lot of this stuff, even in our mastermind before we start like any even business, anything we're like, okay, morning rituals, night stuff, because the way that exactly what you said, you know, it really dictates everything else that's going to happen in the middle. So I'm, that's, that's awesome that you have like your specific thing that works for you. And yeah, it's so true. Like with our mind, it's not that, I don't remember how many, it's like, 80,000 like yes. how many thousand it's like that literally thousands and thousands of thoughts it was I think you said between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day it's a lot yeah so if you imagine <laughs> like what if you're trying to like grab everyone and control them then you become an actual control freak and yeah you, you have no zero freedom in life you know so anyway I love that then when so when you were going from that space of, oh my gosh, like, okay, I'm in my parents' kitchen and I'm trying all these recipes. Like, were you thinking that you were going to start a business at that time? Or was this like, okay, I want to get the perfect thing and then see if my family likes it, maybe a few friends, something I can eat myself. Like, what was that journey like? And when did the click aha moment of like, oh wait, I can actually sell these things. 
<laughs> yeah, I I think when I finally started recipe testing, it was with the intention of I want to do something with this. That said, I had no idea where to start when it came to starting a business. I went to school for uh, initially sports broadcasting and then uh, communications once I decided that was not going to be a thing for me. And so I think that uh, I think I believed at the time that I had um, I, I was working from a place of not having the experience I needed to start a business. But I think now knowing all that I know, I think the best way to learn is to try and to fail and to, you know, clumsily step your way through it because there, even if I would have taken entrepreneurship or business classes at USC, there's absolutely nothing that can prepare you for what you're going to encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and so after I graduated college, I had this recipe, didn't have a name, didn't know what I was going to do with it started working full-time um, for Thrive Market. I was working in customer service and marketing. And the aha moment actually came while I was at Thrive Market. I had brought the cookies to a potluck one day and everybody there, including like the CEO, just lost their mind over the product. They were like, we need a product like this on Thrive. Like this would be amazing. And I was like, you know what? you're so right. You do. This is something that so many people are looking for, like IBS, IBD, Crohn's, celiac, everything was becoming a lot more trendy and popular. And people were searching for products that, you know, made by was. And so I did what every brilliant entrepreneur would do. And I quit my job with no backup plan, no savings account, no nothing. And at the time I was 22, um, kind of thought, you know, if I don't do it now, I don't know when I'm going to do it. I'm never going to become any less busy. Um, and I was just so tired when I was getting home from work at the end of the day that I had no energy to even think about starting a business, which takes so much energy. Um, and so I, as I was as it was coming closer to the time I was going to have to pay rent, I realized um, I didn't have a business yet and I didn't have product yet. I didn't have anything yet. And so I figured out how to build a website on Shopify. I, I had already created an Instagram that I was kind of posting on a little bit. Um, and I essentially launched a pre-sale for cookies and I used the money from the pre-sale to buy all the ingredients that I was going to need for the cookies and essentially told people like, you know, order during the pre-sale, cookies will ship in the next couple of weeks. Um, and through the first pre-sale, I generated enough money to pay my rent and to get all the ingredients that I needed to ship out the first orders. Um, and that was really how we first started. And I'd say for the first six months, it was very similar to that. I was just scraping by with paying my friends, launching, you know, drops of cookies where I could generate enough money to buy the next set of ingredients and ship more cookies out. Um, and then I very slowly started stepping into coffee shops in Santa Monica um, and telling them that I had this amazing bakery and I had these cookies that they needed to try. Little did they know it was me in my one bedroom apartment in Santa Monica doing everything. Um, and I will never forget after we closed our first coffee shop account, they asked me if I would be the one delivering the cookies or if it would be like someone from my team. And I was like, oh no, it'll, it'll definitely be me. I just want to maintain a really strong relationship with you guys. Um, but it was like that for the first year and a half. It was me doing everything. Um, and I'm so grateful for that time because it taught me so much grit. It was an at like, I have never worked that hard in my entire life. The physical labor of making cookies mm -hmm. almost like around the clock was insane. Um, while managing relationships and emails and Instagram and customer service, um, it was, it was an insane feat, but, um, I think it was so, I'm so glad I did it that way and um, really bootstrapped it for a pretty long time because I think 
you learn so much in the process when you don't really have a lot to work with. You're really thoughtful about how you want to spend money, um, what's really worth it. And um, I think it teaches you how to do a lot of different things, which as a CEO, it's really a huge benefit if you do know how to do a lot of different things. Because I think as we grow our team, now we're a, a team of six, you kind of have an idea of like what someone who is good at finance should be able to do or someone who is good at marketing should be able to do and you're not really going in blind. That's so good. I feel like you said so many things we could touch on, but one, I love, um, I relate to you also with just like, you know, starting a business and then you're the only one that's figuring it all out. And to be honest, I, I feel even, because even for example, in this mastermind, I teach, we teach like, how to do all the things. And so that way, to your point, it's like, when you bring somebody in, you're not blindsided, you know, completely at all. It's like, okay, you can understand how your business works and then what pieces maybe aren't working as much anymore. Somebody else will come in and do it way better than you, of course, take it off your plate. And that's such an amazing thing too, like once you know, but then then to be able to release it. So for you in that space, because now you're, in a spot where you guys are, have obviously, you know, grown. So what was that process like? Like, how did you know, okay, wow, it's not me anymore. Like now I really do need to, we are expanding. So I need to bring someone in or um, did you know, like what you even needed at the time? And, and then what was kind of the process from there to be where you are now? Yeah, I think um, I knew what I really enjoyed doing and what probably was the best use of my time. And I think it's become even more clear now over time, but I knew I loved brand. I knew I loved telling the story. I knew I loved product and product development and I was good at that then. Um, and, and I loved everything within like brand marketing. And so I knew I was going to need someone who was an amazing operator and essentially could help me run all of the back end of the business, especially as we continue to grow. Um, for a little context, you know, we went from selling things online in coffee shops, then in a few grocery stores in California um, to a few more so grocery stores in California. And at the end of last year, we were in about 50 grocery stores across the West Coast. Um, between February of this year and today, we're in about 2,500 stores across the nation. Um, and we'll be in about 4,000 by the end of the year. So not making cookies in my kitchen anymore. Um, but we, it, it essentially, it wasn't, I think I knew I needed an operator. And to be totally honest, I'm so grateful for the operator I have. Um, my boyfriend and our, my boyfriend and I are actually co-founders of Toto now together. And he um, ran various types of companies within the startup realm for about seven years before we met and was an amazing operator and had done a lot of early stage stuff, which typically means you kind of know how to do a little bit of everything. It's not just like one specialist in one very specific area. Um, and so he came on and we started working on this together. Um, and then someone he worked with at a past company was really amazing at sales. We brought him on. And I think it was a combination of knowing what we were, for example, if we knew that we were going to launch in vitamin shop at the beginning of the year, we had this goal in mind of this launch and we had to backtrack our way into the goal, thinking about what are all the pieces in place that we're going to need to do this? Okay, we're going to need a lot of cookies. So we're going to need a bigger manufacturer. Um, so that's something that we need to do. We're going to need someone who can manage these sales relationships. So now we're going to need to hire this person. Um, and I think that a lot of it now has been very similar to that. We're looking at, you know, launching in Costco at the end of the year in 7-Eleven, and we're backing into all of the things that we need to do in order to be successful there. But I think that depending on the business, maybe, maybe you're the operator and you're so good at running finance and legal and logistics, and you really don't love the front facing stuff. And so I think it's a combination of knowing what you're really passionate about and what you personally love doing. And then 
thinking about, okay, what's the next best person to hire for this specific goal that we have in mind? And what skill set is that going to require? Something that has helped me so much and I swear by over the past few years um, to give me the most vitality and energy and mental clarity has been the Organifi green juice. I swear when I had adrenal dysfunction and could barely get out of bed or was just like trying to pound down a ton of coffee, um, this seriously changed my life. I ended up taking one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one at night. And after two weeks, I seriously was feeling the biggest difference in the world. And I have been taking it almost every single day since then. And uh, so that is my biggest, one of my biggest wellness hacks for anybody that is just truly wanting to come back to life. It has chlorella, um, spirulina, ashwagandha, so many um, incredible healing elements to the body that we truly, truly need. And no joke, it tastes so good. And there's only a couple grams of coconut sugar in there and it seriously tastes so good. I've had so many green juices, um, tried so many different types of products and this one by far is the absolute best. So I suggest um, go ahead and just check it out, Organifi. And then I also have a code for you guys because uh, they know that I love the green juice so much that they've given a code so I can share with all my friends and family. And it's just Jessdahl, J-E-S-S-D-A-H-L, and then you'll get a 20% discount. So whenever you get it, please let me know, tag me in it, shoot me a DM, and let me know how you feel. Um, how does your body feel? How does your mind feel? All of it. Anyway, I want to know. Thank you so much and enjoy that green juice. Wow. What do you find with, you know, because you you said that you started in certain at Thrive Market, certain stores. Now you're tapping into um, Whole Foods. You even have a call with them later today, which is exciting, everyone. And then hmm. Costco, all the things. So what, I guess, with, how do you even start that process with if you have this product and then you want to build this relationship for them to actually buy from you? And, you know, I'm sure it's different with maybe like a smaller place mm -hmm. or a bigger one, but what's that process like? Is it just, you, you literally send them an email and like, hopefully mm -hmm. they get it? It is so different now. In the beginning, it was so much of my time went to trying to find the right person to talk to. Um, and that usually was me going in person to various locations and trying to track them down because I think I knew that a lot of businesses would probably send an email to get in contact with people, but I really wanted to stand out and be remembered. And have people know me. And I think, to be honest, in the beginning, that was the best thing I could have done because the retailers that we're still in, that we were in in the very beginning, like they know me so well. We, they have my number, you know, like we have deep relationships now. And so when there's a problem that comes up, which there always will be, um, they're not going to think, oh, this is the first problem that comes up with Toto. Like they're out of here. They're going to probably text me and want to fix things, et cetera. And I think that having those relationships is super powerful. But now um, our chief commercial officer, his name is Jason. He's a huge reason why we've been able to grow so quickly this year. He's worked in cookies, in big, big cookie brands like Nestle, uh, Lenny's and Larry's, Quest, um, et cetera, for the last 20 years and did sales for them. And so he had so many relationships that now that the product is in a place where we can scale, we can make enough product to go into all of these locations, um, the relationships are everything. And now it's not my relationships personally, but it's Jason's relationships. And I think um, having someone whose primary role is to maintain all of those relationships um, has been so important for us because I think at the end of the day, there's, there's so many cookie brands and I'm so aware of that, even though I might be biased and think that Toto is the best one. Um, you know, I think having those relationships and making sure that they know us personally, they like us, they love us. Um, and they're really rooting for us has made 
such a big difference in, you know, whether it's if we get into a store or if they're going to maybe offer us free promotion just because they know us and they like us. Um, I think not underestimating that is key. The relationships have really been everything. And I, I'm sure that goes for many different industries, but um, spending time being a good person goes a long way. That's so true. And I mean, you think about it, it's like, okay, well, entrepreneurship, it's not that you have to be the most outgoing person. Cause I think sometimes some people might, you know, be like, well, I'm not really always at networking events and like this and that and da, 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 da. But it, it also doesn't cost a lot to be kind and to like start mm -hmm. a conversation and to be curious about the other person and then see what does align. Cause it's true. And we were even talking about this before popping on where we were like, oh my gosh, partnerships and you know, collaborations and those type of things and relationships really does make the magic happen. Cause then otherwise it really is all falling fully on you. And, mm -hmm. and it really takes a lot of pieces like entrepreneurship, just like it takes a lot of pieces to do the back end stuff. It takes a lot of pieces in order to grow in any kind of way. Think about a regular relationship. If you want to grow in your relationship, you have to have a lot of stuff that's mixed in there. The communication, the love, the connection, the you know, interests, like whatever. Um, so I think that that's awesome that you even have somebody where it's like, and I've been in that space too, where sometimes it's, it's like, oh man, okay. One, we can only really have so many relationships in life, like that you can hold, you know, at a time too. Otherwise they're so surface level, but to have somebody else that you're partnered with that also has relationships and just thinking how that's like the spider web of, we tap into different communities. You know, if mm -hmm. that that person's community is now affected and knows about Toto or knows about whatever it is that you're up to, that creates a ripple effect. And then there's a yeah. new person over here that you had no idea how to reach or talk to, but like now it's a new community that knows all about it. And then, so it just, it's like that telephone game, you know, you, you whisper one thing and then it just continues to expand. Yeah. And, and I think one thing that I've also realized that I hope wasn't taken in the wrong way is, when I say, you know, focusing on the, these relationships is the most important thing, it does not mean that you need to make every single relationship this deeply, you know, connected, meaningful relationship. I think it's it's managing a core group of people that you really do care about and doing we we think about it as, you know, in, in a lot of in a lot of ways, in a lot of parts of a business, there's a lot of things at scale. And the whether you decide to make a decision or not is like, okay, can this thing scale? If we're going to add a postcard in every box, is that something that can scale or does it not make sense? But I think with relationships, that is the one thing that we do take the time for that doesn't scale. Whether it's like, you know, we know that it's someone's birthday, we're going to make a note of it and send them like a special gift on their birthday or send them a note on their birthday. Um, and doing the things that it's really the little things that go such a long way. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. I don't think we've ever done anything really crazy. Um, like I said, it's just the, what you said, Jess, being kind goes such a long way. And I think in a business that can be very transactional, people really take note of the things that you do that aren't transactional. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point, guys. So then what do you, okay. So then also in business, like, great, you can have this thing that you really love. Like maybe you love, you love making your cookies, but then eventually you're like, okay, I need to like actually make money from this. And mm -hmm. so I know that you can, you know, it's like, all right, well, I can sell the cookies, but then mm -hmm. what are ways that, I mean, I know it's different for every business, but that mm -hmm. you can actually, um, bring in investors like what's mm -hmm. even what's even that like to come in and have people invest in your product or your company or your vision yeah um we brought on our first investors about two years ago um in the beginning it was friends and friends of friends i did not know any institutional investors or venture cap venture capital firms um the first investor at the time was my ex-boyfriend, who was also a startup founder. He has a matcha company. Um, him and his co-founder were the first investors in 
my company. And um, then it was some of their friends and then it was some of their friends' friends. And so we have in total now about 60 investors, which sounds like a wild amount. And it is, but the reason why we have so many is because in the very beginning, it was, you know, friends, we were all relatively young and some of their parents or family members that were putting in, um, you know, relatively smaller amounts in, you know, comparison to, I think what, what we're looking to do now is at the stage that we're at now. Um, and so it was like chunks of like 2,500, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, um, and we raised our first round about $250,000, just taking these small checks, um, which allowed us to rebrand from Made by to Toto. We changed manufacturers, brought on our first hire. Um, and I think to date overall, we've raised close to $2 million. Um, the other subsequent rounds were more like institutional investors. And I think you know, that has just come with the growth and the network of who we know now. And I think that the venture capital firms of the world are very tapped into like what's happening in the world of CPG and, and consumer products. And so as we've continued to grow, they're also taking note of that as well. So I think it's been, um, it's been a lot less of, I think, us reaching out to people for investment now and a lot more like inbound people finding Toto and wanting to to get involved. That's amazing. And it is interesting, though, like how it does start. And I think just knowing that, hey, you can start anywhere, like maybe mm -hmm. it is your friends or maybe it is just these people that do believe in you, because sometimes it's like, well, who's going to invest, you know, and it's like, hey, start with your circle and then. Mm -hmm expand and then end up, you know, with these opportunities that can't, do you know what, like even more in, in this season, um, like what for you guys were, was like the thing that you realized like, oh, wow, investors are looking for X, Y, Z. Like, would you have to change some of your messaging or was mm -hmm. it like you just had to, I don't know, like, yeah. What were they looking for? Or did you do a bunch of research you know, I mean, to be I honest, totally by really, I think yeah. we've, we've been very true to the core values of the company, which is whole food ingredients and making things that are incredibly delicious. And I think we marry the two quite well. And so I think that now, especially after COVID, ironically, um, a lot of people are a lot more aware of what they're putting into their body. Um, and I think, Keto trend, kind of over. Paleo trend, sure, maybe. You know, there's all of these diet trends that I think people are like, honestly exhausted with trying to follow that people are starting to come to terms with, oh, okay, maybe if I'm just eating real whole foods, um, maybe that's the best possible thing I can do for my health. And I think there's more education out there. And so We've kind of been this product that's been that for people since our existence, but now people are just discovering it now that they're kind of waking up to maybe this is the next evolution of what it means to be healthy. Um, and so I think that for grocery stores, which is really, or you know, retailers of various kinds, which are really the reason why investors are interested, they're interested in the product for all of those reasons I just said. They love that there isn't any artificial sweeteners in it, which is something that's getting a lot of attention right now in the media, um, research of it being linked to various types of cancer and really terrible for IBS. Um, so they're really keen on that. And they also, I'm sure we'll, we'll send some cookies to, to all of you ladies so you can taste it and see what I mean, but they really are incredibly decadent and delicious. Um, and I think it's really hard oftentimes when you have a protein, when you have a cookie that is protein and fiber and all of these really nourishing ingredients to actually taste good at all. Um, and so it, we, our goal is for it to taste as good as something as a Toll House cookie, um, if not better. And so I think their investors love it because whether you are 
someone who cares about ingredients, whether you're someone that has autoimmune issues, you're gluten-free, vegan, want a cookie for protein regardless, or you don't care about any of that and you just want a cookie that tastes amazing, like you're still going to love and buy Toto. And so I think we've seen our customer base span so wide and I think they're really interested and invested in that because, um, you know, this is someone that's, this is something that's amazing for someone who's training for a triathlon. And this is also amazing for, you know, the five-year-old kid that wants a cookie and their lunch and their mom feels good about it for, you know, it being made with better ingredients. So it's been a combination of all of those things. That's good. Yeah. I think it's just, it's good to know. Cause I feel at least with talking to a lot of different people, sometimes it's almost this, um, you know, it's hard to know, okay, well, who's going to invest? Do I need to, you know, they get confused or like, it's stressful to like, okay, do I need to change this to appease to this person? Or do I do this? Do I do that? But it sounds, at least for you guys, what I love is it's like, okay, we're just, we know our mission so well. We know our why, we know our product, we know all these things and why it actually is like you, it's like in your essence that you like fully, fully believe in it. And then these people do too. And it's like, oh, heck yeah, let's, let's do it. And so I think it's just, it starts with you knowing so deeply to your core, it's that embodiment. And I know we've talked about it on this is uh, in our mastermind too, where it's like, okay, you can't just go out into the world and have this thing on the outside. It's like, you have to embody on the inside for anybody to even resonate with it or to feel Mm -hmm. like maybe they could be in your shoes or they could want what you have or learn from you or buy your product or whatever. So I think that that's a really important key. Um, And I, I think that, you know, there's always room to like change certain things, but I think that the core essence of what you're doing in my personal opinion and what I've seen is that that really has to remain the same because I think that the second that you try to appease everybody, you lose everybody because if you're not standing for something, you're really not standing for anything. And there's been, there's been opportunities where investors are like, this is not a low sugar product. We're not interested because it's not a low sugar product. And that is, completely fine with me because I know that we are a whole food based product and we're made with coconut sugar and we would rather be made with all these better ingredients than use artificial sweeteners. So I think know that you're not going to appeal to everybody and that is perfect because the people that are looking for you are going to be so passionate because you're so passionate about the same things that they are. So good. Do you have anything else that you would really want to share one with your own experience of whether that be in your, your own personal, like growth life, you know, and how to keep going. And then also in like the business life, like what you think is, is always just a key factor, um, to be focusing on from your own experience. Yeah. Um, gosh, so many things. I think that the, it's so cliche, but I think it's so true. And I've kind of already talked about this, you know, already, but the having the grasp on your why and believing in yourself is the most powerful possible thing that you can do when it comes to personal growth or starting a business. Because I think having the deep belief that you are not only capable, but worthy Um, it is something that is so much easier said than done, especially as challenges come and there are plenty of those, but I think that, um, having that and holding on to that is the single thing that has been able to be like the light at the end of the tunnel for me through the tough times. Mm, That's amazing. Thank you. And then anything else in general that you want to share before we go into like a Q and a, Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, I think that sometimes we, if we have a goal and it's a lofty goal, it can feel really far away. And I think that sometimes that can be super intimidating. Um, but I think that knowing we don't have to know how exactly it happens and just making the next 
good, right choice, making the next choice that feels aligned for you, you'll be surprised at, at where you'll end up, you know, if, as long as you can consistently make action. I think that I am a person that gets very stuck in my head. Um, you know, I could think about something to blow in the face and just, you know, not take action on it because I think I want it to be so perfect before I do, but know that it's going to be imperfect. And to be honest, it's supposed to be imperfect because the thing that you start with and the thing that you end with are not going to be the same. And you're going to learn so much through the process. Um, but as long as you keep continually taking action, um, there, there's no way that you can possibly fail because you're going to continue to learn and you're going to continue to grow. Um, it's when we get stuck in our mind that I think things feel a bit stagnant, but the action is everything. Thank you. And also, yeah, you're just amazing. So proud of you. Thank you so much for being here. And I think, um, we have to let you go to your call. <laughs> Got to go talk to Whole Foods now. So we'll be in touch. All we'll talk to each other super soon. But thank yeah. you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And yeah, thanks. Make Sydney. sure to help me get everyone's addresses so I can send some a little care package of cookies. Yay! <laughs> okay, we're gonna do it, and then we're gonna hop on a call together, and we're gonna eat it together. It's gonna be perfect. perfect. Lime taste test. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> thank you so much, Sydney. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I just love Sydney. I love what she's created. I love who she is. And you can just feel that resilience and everything that is in her. And it resonated so deeply with our Dreams to Reality Mastermind gals. Um, they felt we, we chatted afterwards for about an hour going deep into reflection, deep into their own lives, everything personal and business. It was so good and juicy. So thank you, Sydney. Please, you guys, follow along. Go and get those Toto foods. Like, you need them. You need those cookies. I'm not even kidding you. So, totofoods.co, C-O, not com, C-O. And then you can also look on Instagram and you can, same exact thing, Toto Foods Co. And then you can find Sydney at Sydney, S-Y-D-N-E-Y, Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A-A-A-H. So please go and share this episode with a friend, uh, post it, we will share it, go and subscribe, listen, go and buy the things. And also, if you are somebody that wants to be a part of a community that is like this, that gets to really dive deep into these juicy, juicy things where you become the best version of yourself and you really do create these beautiful nonprofits, these beautiful businesses that are impacting the world in some way. We have our next Dreams to Reality Mastermind that is coming up this November 2023, and I want to invite you. And if that is something that you just feel the call, even if you don't know how it's possible, even if you don't know if you have the time, even if you don't know if this, you know, whatever, but you feel that call somehow, I want you to go straight to JessDoll.com, and I want you to click on the Dreams to Reality Mastermind page, and then just go ahead and book a call there. Let's pop on a call see if this is for you. I seriously cannot wait because it's going to be life-changing for you and many others. And so my last words are remembering that whenever you stay in your own fear, you are actually keeping people from their transformation. So it's time for you to step up, time for you to let go of that fear, go through the fear, let that pop, the, the cap just come off so that way you can actually really fly into expansion. All right. I love you all rooting for you and I will see you at the next one.